hello and welcome to the very first episode of Acting with Jade Asher. So why have I decided to do a podcast on acting? Well, because that's what I live, breathe and it's my whole life basically. I've learned so much in the last 15 years of acting. It's insane and I constantly find myself giving advice. You know, I'm not a teacher. I've never wanted to be a teacher. Let's get this straight. I do not want to teach anyone. However, I do want to share the things that I've learned. Honestly, in 15 years, you go through a lot of shit and you learn some things that I wish I knew when I first started out. I really wish there was someone telling me, don't do this, don't do this, try that, do this, blah, blah, blah. I could have saved so much time. So this is just more firstly talking about what I've been up to day to day, what it's like, what I'm dealing with. Just for those who are also acting, it's really tough. It really, really is emotionally. I don't know about physically. It is when you're on set. Physically, it can be really physically difficult on set. But just generally, it can wear you down. And it's really hard because it's not like other jobs where you can make these goals and you're like, okay, this year I want to do this, this and this. There are ways of taking control of your acting life. But most of the time, you just have to be so flexible and open to take on whatever comes your way. And although I've never planned it, a podcast has come my way. And so this is where we are right now. And for my pilot episode, I really just want to start by introducing who I am and what my story is. Along the way, I'm going to have other guests coming in and I find it really useful to know their journey and what they've been through. It's really inspiring and helpful in so many ways. And so I just want to introduce who I am and where I come from, just so you know a little bit about me. So my name is Jade Asher Apadu. I dropped the Apadu, which is Mauritian from my dad's side, obviously, because everyone was pronouncing it wrong for a start. I'd do shows and theatre shows and they'd be like Jade Asher Apadu Apadu Apadu. And it was just awkward and I don't want anyone to feel awkward. So it was kind of catchy. It sounded a bit like there was an actress called Jane Asher. So I think the older generation will know that. But you know, it, it was a name that kind of worked. Like I said, I'm half Mauritian, half English. My dad, um, he owned a shop and was moved to London when he was about 11 years old. So he came over here wanting to be British, not to have, you know, any issues about being a Mauritian man in the 60s, 70s. So, you know, he lost that Mauritian uh, flow to him, basically, and just become a Londoner. And my mum, she is from up north. She's uh, grew up in Laceby, a small town near Grimsby. And she moved to London in the 80s to be a model. Uh, she met my dad, got pregnant with me, then they got married, rah, rah, rah. Anyway, they, they were amazing parents and I had the best upbringing ever. Um, up until the age of around 10 when they ran into financial difficulties and we ended up leaving London and moving out to Norwich. And throughout my life, I had moved quite a lot. I think by the age of 15, I'd been to eight different schools. If anyone's ever watched the Actor Centre, that Lip King guy, um, he he has mentioned that like a, a similarity in um, growing up stories from actors is that a lot of them did move around a lot. And I think because of that, you are forced to adapt really quickly. Sometimes you kind of become a different person just to fit in. And so, I don't know, maybe that that was something because I was never a really outgoing performer, attention seeker, not outside my own home. I think with me and my sisters and my parents, I was probably a bit annoying and over the top, but 
outside of that, I was so, so shy. I remember my first production was in The Wizard of Oz at this school in uh, Dulwich and they cast everyone and of all the roles in The Wizard of Oz, I was a mouse. I mean, who's ever heard of the mouse in The Wizard of Oz? I was mouse too with no lines. I was like the only person the whole thing with no lines. I literally am the last person you would ever suspect would become an actress. But I just, yeah, I struggled with school. I think I slightly had a learning disability that no one picked up because first of all, I was moving school so much. So I missed out on a lot of um, curriculums. So I go from one school to another. They'd they'd already learned something that I hadn't so yeah I found it really really difficult even instructions if if the teacher would say okay you need to do this and this and this and this and this and this I just listened to the first one be like oh I don't understand so yeah that was a really difficult thing and I think that really affected my education I moved up to Norwich when I was 11 years old um a few years later my parents got divorced and um which was fine it wasn't like a massive thing that changed my life I could sense that their relationship was quite difficult and overall they'd both be happier separating I struggled with school I couldn't find anything that I really liked doing until GCSE level drama and I remember the teacher gave us a scene and I went home and that night I it was the first time I ever did all my homework in one go (laughs) I turned up the next day and I knew every line miraculously because now I'm really struggle with learning lines it's not an age thing I've literally always struggled with learning lines um but yeah so and I just looked around the class and I was like what why is no one else learned this and then I realized actually there's something in this there's something that I have a connection to this that other people don't seem to have and then from there I started doing after school clubs I actually started I wrote a show that I wanted to put on with with um some of my friends and classmates and stuff we cast it my my boyfriend at the time was a musician he was going to write the music we had a teacher involved but it went up to the deputy head level and they literally had a meeting with us and was like no you can't do it we're a sports school we concentrate on sports so we don't support this and like thinking back how ridiculous is that that a school you have some students and they want to be proactive they want to do something that's not you know drinking partying whatever you know they've found something they want to do and they don't want to encourage that it was the weirdest thing and well to be honest that was kind of the beginning of my entire acting life (laughs) it's always kind of for at least the first seven or eight years it just felt like no one really wants you to do this it was like everything you tried there was just these huge obstacles in the way constantly but yeah when you do learn to deal with them it does get better but yeah like I said that that was a weird time and then I um I went to Norwich Theatre Royals acting school um they did like a Saturday class again I was the shy kid they did a lot of musical stuff and I really wanted to do that. I love singing and dancing. Musical was always my first love. But I, yeah, again, the learning difficulty thing, I had trouble picking up the steps. I was so nervous when I sung, like my voice would shake and my hands would shake and I'd just start sweating and it was just like, (laughs) it was horrible. Uh, So yeah, it turned out musical theatre wasn't for me. So I got 
put in kind of like a very small group. I think there was like 30 to 50 people in the musical theatre and there was seven of us just doing pure acting. But then I found like a a non-cheesy over the top side of acting. I found like a really honest, deep, emotional, I don't know, performance that I'd never been to with acting before so that actually worked in its favor although at the time I was really gutted I wanted to be in Into the Woods but you know whatever that that didn't work out for me and yeah over the years I did some shows I got a bit more confident um when I left school I thought acting's not a proper career you can't be an actor so I'll do something sensible but at the same time I like acting so I then went to Norwich City College and I decided to do A-levels there was the option to do the BTEC but I thought no I need to be smart about my life and my career but I still ended up choosing A-level performing arts theatre studies and then I did history history was hard but I think because I didn't read books so that was an issue uh so I pretty much in my first year I failed all the written work of everything and you know around that time in Norwich it was very easy to go clubbing and stuff like that and I got my first job working in a bar so yeah college wasn't really my first priority although I was getting like A's in performance and then everything else was terrible and then around that time I broke up with a boyfriend I wasn't really I didn't really have any good friends I don't know what I was doing my dad still lived in London and I just remember talking to like a friend and being like, I don't know, I just feel like I could go to London and make a go of things. But and yeah, she she just said to me, I, I just remember this girl and she said to me, um, Alex, her name was, and she just said to me, you know, go for it. What are you waiting for? You can always come back. And I did. And that was like at the time, even though my dad lived down in London, I didn't know anyone. I was pretty much a kid at 17 years old and yeah, I came down here and started again. Went to college. I was in college with all these older people. It was really like mixed ethnicities. There was like Georgian, Italian, Brazilian people, whereas Norwich, it was all very British. So it was nice to be around a lot of diversity that I wasn't used to. But I also found that I'd done a lot more, even though these students were a bit older than me. I'd done more. So I, I had that confidence that I'd never had before. I'd been training for like a three or four years already. So it kind of put me ahead of the game and um, I already started signing up to agencies. So back then there was still Mandy, uh, there was Casting Call Pro. Yeah, and and yeah, so I started just applying for work. I remember my first headshots was some awful black and white picture that I took on as a selfie on my phone. And oh my God, it literally looks like a sketch or something when I look back now. But it got me through the door um, for a few little jobs, you know, within I think my first week I did a music video and it was at Pinewood Studios. So it was like really exciting. I just remember there was on the right, I was in this minibus with all these actors and City of Blinding Lights by U2 was playing on the radio and it just felt like a dream. The big gates at Pinewood Studios opened. We went to our trailer, we're in hair and makeup and I'd never experienced anything like that before. Oh God, I felt like I made it already. Yeah, and then the year after that, I ended up getting a small part in a feature film, which had, you know, now like big guys like Danny Dyer, Dexter Fletcher, Stephen Graham, um, Denise Van Outen. But the film was really bad. (laughs) And um, yeah, it was a shame because, you know, it could have gone one way. It could have been really successful and that would have been, you know, the start of my career. But, you know, at 17 years old, but it wasn't. It was terrible I think I remember going to the premiere someplace in Soho and I think Danny Dyer or or some of the cast members actually walked out it was 
it was a bit awkward. My dad fell asleep and started snoring, so I got really angry at him and told him I'd never take him to a premiere again. Which, of course, I have, but with very strict orders to stay awake. Please, just don't snore. Whatever. And around then, one of the girls on my college course was applying to this thing called drama school. And I was like, oh, I've heard of that, but I don't think that's for me. And then she told me more about it. She explained all these big famous actors that had been there. And I was like, oh, well, well, why, why couldn't I do that? Like, you know, why not? And then the more I looked into it, I was like, oh, you've got to pay quite a bit for the auditions. So my first year I did a couple of auditions. They didn't go too well, but I think I went to RADA, Lambda. They were <laughs> so scary. I was terrified. Really, really scary auditions. I didn't get in but I was like you know what I'm like 17 I'll apply next year so the next year um I was actually working 18 years old I got a job working as a massage therapist um I wasn't a masseuse they literally trained you up in a day and sent you into nightclubs and bars doing shoulder massages it was night work it was good money but you know I had to kind of support myself my parents couldn't do it I was 18 so I was then saving up all the money I work at night to go to dra- like to audition to these drama scores and it was really expensive at the time it was like 500 pounds or 600 pounds a year I was spending on these auditions and travel and hotels and all this stuff and again it was really tough year and I didn't get in and by then I proper got a bee in my bonnet I'm like I've spent all this money I've spent all this time I'm still you know next year when I apply I'll be 19 it's still young enough to make something happen so the next year I did the same thing I had played for private lessons I, I paid for them all again and this time I got I think I got shortlisted to arts ed but I was like one of the last people to apply like I was in the last slot of auditioning there because it wasn't one of my first choices and um yeah so I did the audition and got waiting listed and then I didn't get in so I was like right gotta do it again and I spent so much money by this point. To me, at that age, it was just like all my money was going into this. And I'd started doing a, a small course at the Academy Drama School, which was kind of like a it was it was part time, but you had to pay for it. Um, I think it was like three or four grand for the year. I can't remember at the time. And it got to Christmas, so I'd done my first time. It was so much fun. I felt like I was at a drama school. We had a costume department. We were going to learn stage combat and dance and singing and all these cool things. And then. We went to our school assembly and the teacher announced to us that they'd run out of money and they were shutting the school down. So, yeah, I pretty much lost all my money. Um, It was quite disruptive. I think that night we all just got drunk and trashed the school because we were so pissed off and whatever. But it was a bit of a crazy night. Yeah, and they kind of offered us half the prices, half half the classes for the same price. And yeah, I carried on, but it wasn't great. It wasn't what I wanted or paid for. Um, So yeah, I did that. And then that year, I got a recall to Bristol Old Vic, which was, you know, really exciting because that was the first, you know, that was the main place I wanted to go. And then I didn't get in. So I think I did over 30 auditions. That's a lot of money. And I didn't get in. And then, I don't know, I just got really annoyed at acting. And I was like, I'm going to make this work somehow. So after that, I, yeah, I spent the next 10 years learning about filmmaking because I was like, you know what? These agents and casting directors, they don't want to know. I haven't done anything. I can't get into drama school, but I want to do this and I have to do this. I'm in too deep. I cannot give up. I don't know what I do otherwise. So I learned about filmmaking and that in itself was like a whole new process and 
writing and making my own stuff. But then over the years, as I started making my own stuff, things really started changing. All of a sudden I had a show reel and I got to play characters that I wanted to play, not just Indian other girl or, you know, pretty girl, rah, rah, rah. I got to play some quite interesting characters. And then I was doing stage combat. So I had all this cool action stuff. And I think I was maybe 22 when I got my first agent. And yeah, they were really great. They were really supportive. I think I wasn't getting that many auditions, one or two a month, nothing really. And I don't <laughs> I don't think in three years I really even got a job. I was just applying on Mandy.com and Casting Call Pro. And that's how I was getting all my work. And then, yeah, I, I think I... They got me a short film, actually. That was one acting job they did. And then the woman directing the short film was also a agent and she really wanted to work with me. So I left them to go with her. She was great and she got me some amazing auditions. I think I got seen for Wonder Woman and things like that. You know, I got to see some quite big casting directors. I think we got a couple of all right jobs as well. I got my first TV job, which was... um, It was for Darren Brown, which is essentially these Darren Brown shows where he kind of does all this mystic things I know not the live ones but we did a Halloween special and ultimately it was like a prank show (laughs) it was like we we were we were pranking this person basically but it was all really fun to be a part of and stuff and very interesting and nerve-wracking and I had one line and I kept on forgetting it it was bloody awful I had like an earpiece on they were like saying the line I was like oh for fuck's sake why can't I just do this one thing I swear I can be better than that sometimes and then yeah a few I was still doing my filmmaking and stuff and then I um I I met some filmmakers in Cannes Film Festival because I was doing my hustle I was going to Cannes Film Festival and um, I was meeting a lot of people I, I learned very quickly that the whole thing with filmmaking is it really is who you know and even now if I want to cast something I will immediately go to what actors do I know because you want to work with someone you trust who's done stuff but yeah it's it's a big part of it is personality for me obviously talent is very very important in in the last 10 years I you know I worked as a casting director on one of the films that I worked on I was like the director's assistant I cast as well and that was a really big turning point for me I became good better I became a proper actor from learning about casting from sitting in and watching the difference between someone who was good and who wasn't and it was confidence if someone walks in the door and they are just chilled out, they're not trying to be my best friend. Like when you're casting, people are like trying to kiss your butt. I don't want that. I want you to just come in, be quiet, sit down, know your lines, be natural and honest and give it your all. And that was one of the most important lessons I learned about acting. And then through friends again I got in the film The Intent which was quite a big turning point for me um we had a big premiere and I was doing for the first time things like interviews and it went on Netflix so that that was a really big turning point and I've done a few features since um actually over the 10 years 15 years I have been in I think 12 feature films only two have been released two films have been released you know how hard it is to get in one movie or like just get one of any one of those roles but but you know to get the role and the film never come out is just devastating and yeah like even though I've worked for all this time I have found it really even though now it's different the last couple of years have really changed for me I have some really good agents now um and they work really well for me I'm so lucky at the moment the last couple of years sometimes I'm getting 
three auditions a week, which is always the dream. I'm just like, it's not always about booking the jobs. It's about getting in front of people and having the opportunity. And it's so frustrating when the opportunity is just not there. And I've started doing voiceovers as well. And oh my God, you know, part of the reason I feel confident enough to do this podcast now is because I've actually left my job and my only income now is acting. And that was just always what I wanted. It is through voiceovers. It's a massive, you know, I I can't believe. (laughs) I wish I'd have done it earlier. I really wish I had because for how hard I work in acting and you don't really get that much back that often it, it's hard to see results sometimes whereas I feel like the work you put into voiceovers you get back I feel it really pays off and so the success from that has come really quite fast which was shocking but it's also really nice for something to be going so well so quickly but I think that's another thing about staying in the game I think if you're getting into acting it's all about the long game unless you're really lucky or connected or you know you get that break And it does happen. I've seen some people, like one of the guys I went to Theatre Royal with, he's like an A-lister now. It's incredible. And it is really refreshing when you see see that happen. Or even like there'll be people I was struggling with 10 years ago. And suddenly they're like full-time acting. They're in shows, rah, rah, rah. They're doing all this promotional stuff on the news and their faces are everywhere. It's just really, really nice sometimes. And I think it's nice to have a bit of a community around you as actors and because otherwise it can be quite a a lonely thing really so that's me and my journey so far so thank you so much for listening I really appreciate it and if you did like this then please do subscribe and share going forwards it's not just gonna be about me I promise I'm gonna have lots of exciting guests on the show we're gonna explore different subjects and areas in the industry from more voiceover stuff to making your own work attending premieres networking all these different things and I would love to have your feedback as well so feel free to get in touch let me know if there's anything you'd like me to discuss or any questions that you have and I can read them out and yeah looking forward to continuing this journey with you guys now and whatever stage you're at in your acting career I would love to hear from you do stay in touch keep positive and good luck with all these amazing auditions you're going to be getting speak soon thank you for listening to another episode of acting with Asha For any questions, please get in touch with us at www.jadeashervoiceovers.com and don't forget to subscribe or follow us at Jade Asher. Thanks again. Bye.